Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Sophie's Choice for 2024. You win the Oscar, not only for Best Director, but Best Actor, and Carrie Mulligan wins Best Actress, or... The Eagles have a Super Bowl victory. What Eagles do you Super choose? Victory. What? Wow. What? Eagles. I know. Line I'm now, aren't you? Well, we know one thing right out of the gates on a Thursday edition of PFT Live. Bradley Cooper is full of shit. There's no way. No way he's trading ultimate professional personal accomplishment for Eagles winning the Super Bowl. There's no way. But he's got to say Eagles winning the Super Bowl. He's got to say that because it's all part of the the whole routine, being the luxury suite, camera on me. And I'm not saying it's specific to him. It's just the world in which he resides. There is no way. And I think he's a great actor. Great actor. Silver Linings Playbook. Awesome. Awesome. Stars board. Awesome. Place Beyond the Pines. Underrated movie from about 12, 13 years ago. Awesome. Hangover. That other awesome. thing he was in. Awesome. Hangover. Hangover. Awesome. But his best acting may have been the lie he told through his teeth to Howard Stern. There is no F dash dash K I N apostrophe way that guy takes. Super Bowl win by the Eagles over Oscars up the wazoo for whatever movie. Oh, it's the uh, Maestro. Maestro. Yeah, when he's the There's composer, no way. right? Right. There's no way. Right. Yeah. I no mean, way. I doubt. I, I don't know. No did, did, didn't it come? I thought I saw it came out yesterday that like he was joking. Like we knew we knew that. Okay. We, okay. All right. All right. Well, Johnny Sirius here on a Thursday morning. You can't play no. with the clip a little. Jeez. 
<laughs> I didn't know he was joking. I I don't I know. I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe our I'm producers wrong. choose. Yes, I don't know. But in the show is real. I thought I fake. I thought I saw a headline like that yesterday. But whatever. Like of course he'd like the personal accomplishments. Like you're like you've talked about. He hasn't won an Oscar yet, right? Uh, that's what I was trying to remember too, because that would you know maybe dictate things a little bit. I do think he is psycho enough of an Eagles fan that it actually is like a thought for a second, right? It's like a close second. Like, okay, we know he wants to win the Oscar, but the Super Bowl for the Eagles, it's not far behind. He is diehard. Like, he ain't that good of an actor, let me tell you, right? Because I I just know when we were on the field for the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl there, he was on the field pregame, and I, I, I could see the passion. He was so excited, and he was talking to every Eagles fan. And, of course, every time there's a game that he's at, he's there in the owner's box, and you know, to go that psycho the way he does when good things happen, that, that's it's real, that's for sure. It's real fandom. I'll, I'll give him that. Well, and as I've said in the past, the Eagles winning one Super Bowl made their fan base even more passionate, even more it did. insane, it even did. more desperate. It, like, made them crack addicts collectively. They got to have more. They got to have more. One wasn't enough. You know, for a lot of fan bases out there, one, you yep. would think, would be enough. Yeah. But once you get one, see, that's the thing. Yeah, you get that's addicted the thing. to it. And that's, it. you know, the, the, uh, let me tell you, I've said this probably in this setting before. I know I've told others. If back in the 70s, when I got lured into a love of the National Football League, obviously – you're not Rob Lowe wearing the hat with the NFL shield on it. You're not just a fan of the league with no allegiance whatsoever. That's what draws you in. There's a team you really like that you want to see do well, and then you develop a hatred for all the other teams. If you're doing it right, and this is where fantasy football has screwed everything up, frankly. If you're doing it right, you love one team and you hate all the other teams. That's right. That's the way to really do it right. So – if the team that lured me into this when it was time for me to pick a team and, you know, I remember there was a time where I was considering the Chiefs. God, I wish it had gone that way now. There was a time when I was considering the Raiders back when I was four or five years old. I'm not so sure I'm happy it didn't go that way, but they did win three Super Bowls, even though it's been a long dry spell. But I settled on the Vikings, and if they had won one Super Bowl during the 70s and extinguish this flame that burned and continues to simmer. Thank God it's either a product of age or being in this business. It's not like it once was. I, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. I probably wouldn't be doing this right now because that, that desire, that Bradley Cooper-esque zeal kept me focused, motivated, driven, Every day, what's going on with the Vikings? What's going on with the NFL? And it continued until November 1 of 2001, and actually a year or so before that when I first kind of tripped into the business in another setting. But I, I – and, and well, I, you're saying day, if they won I, a championship, you're not sure you'd be doing this. I might be out. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, and, I don't believe that. I actually think it might be like the other thing you said, like the Eagles and the Patriots. Like you win a Super Bowl, you see those fans, they just got thirsty and hungrier for it. 
Right? And to, to, you know, to us Giants fans, they became quite assholish uh, out there. Okay. That's, that's how I look at those guys. I, I mean that to be funny, seriously. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, yeah, you might, you might have I turned mean that it up to be funny, but it's true. <laughs> no, no. It's, well, it's, well, it's, let's it's look funny. at it this way. Let's <laughs> right. look at it this way. Right. When you win a Super Bowl, when your team wins a Super Bowl, like, usually that team is viewed as a favorite to at least contend to get back to the next one. Yeah, sure. Even though we have seen teams fall off the face of the earth in the afterglow of a team winning the Super Bowl, no one says, oh, they're going to suck next year. Yeah, no. So right. I guess it would at least keep you engaged for the possibility of two in a row yes. since that hasn't happened right. in 20 years. So I don't know, though. I And at this point, Look, I got so much of my life invested in this. I don't know. I'm sorry. People were getting excited out there thinking, hey, hey maybe if the Vikings win a Super Bowl, we'll get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, sorry. So, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. So not where do you think you are? Like easily. 60% of like the, the heart pie for Floria. It's like 60% pro football talk, 20% Vikings, 10% Steelers. Is that about the right breakdown there, you think? <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> no. Oh, by the way, we're we're one word at a time. We're expanding the vocabulary of Mikey Casey. We've already heard from Matt that right out of the gates. Mike Florio said a bad word. So kids got to learn sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Good impressions <laughs> of these young kids out there. <laughs> now, I, look, I, I – uh, I've 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 ridden this thing for so long. I decided a long time ago I'm staying on this horse until it dies under me or throws me off, or I drop dead on it. One of the three. So it doesn't matter at this point. I'm going to keep doing what I do the way I've always done it. People will say to me, "You've changed." Oh, maybe you've changed because this is the same I've always been. This is the guy I've always been. This is the you know. We, once we get in with NBC and we become mainstream and i i've learned a lot over the years how to do the job the right way and i'm gonna keep doing it no yeah. reason not to no, no so 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 sorry sorry everyone out there that would he's not leaving think well you if the vikings get to the super bowl to go away if the vikings get to the super bowl can you get in the owner's box and be like the vikings bradley cooper can you do that can you be <laughs> yeah, no, the chiefs taylor swift can you me. do that they'll be like damn and we'll if it's an nbc super bowl we'll show you and be like damn they got florio up there man they're big time look at these fans they got superstars <laughs> I I think that they would not want me to be around because I would use that as an opportunity to tell the Wolf everything they need to do to make. Oh uh, yeah, better. okay, yeah. So there you yeah. go. You're gonna oligarch the oligarchs. Huh? You're gonna tell that. them how to do everything. I don't think they want that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna cower. David Tepper better be damn glad I'm not a Panthers fan and never was one. Yeah, I would make sure that that my opinions were made known even during the. I you know what? Here, here's the other side of it too. And I went through this, well, really back in 2017, the year of the Minneapolis Miracle, and the Super Bowl was going to be in Minnesota. That was the year the Eagles beat the Patriots, right. drove Bradley Cooper and the rest of their fan base even nuttier. When, when the Vikings do well, and when they get within sniffing distance of a Super Bowl, that's when this this lock opens inside of me where all this nostalgia pours out 
and memories of growing up and memories of being around my parents. And this is going to make me start crying when I think about it. But when they start getting close to that pinnacle, I get all I get all messed up. And now I got to come in in both directions because my kid is as nuts as I was at that age. So so I don't know that I'd survive that two weeks. And I definitely wouldn't survive the four hours of the game if it ever happened. Because uh, as it got closer and closer, it would be this flood coming in both different directions. Because I joke to my son all the time, well, you know, when the Vikings finally win the Super Bowl, you're going to be dancing around my tombstone after you watched it on your phone propped on top of the thing. And, uh, and, and at times I say, maybe it's going to be your kid. <laughs> in the same cemetery, you know, split the difference between the two, uh, the two plots. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't even want to think, I don't know. I, 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 I'm so convinced they're never getting back in my lifetime that I don't know what that two weeks would be like. And especially, I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing during that three or four hours that the game's actually happening, because I don't, I just don't – I can't even comprehend it. So oh, Bradley Cooper's yeah. been there, done that, enjoyed the victory. I don't I, know what I would do. I, w- I wish it happened just for that. I'd love to do the week of sh- the show, the, the week of the Super Bowl with you and torture you. And, I mean, where would you be? Like, uh, if the Vikings are in the Super Bowl – uh, I'm going to be sitting right next to you with whatever team they're playing's jersey on to torture you the no, whole you're time. No, you're not. That's what I'm going to no, do. You're no, you're not. No, you're not. Hey, NBC, no, you're not. make sure I'm sitting next to no, Mario. I'm going to get the other team's jersey, I will. and I'm going to torture the shit out of them for the whole day. <laughs> I, if you do that, I'll rupture your spleen. <laughs> okay. Guaranteed. Right. Deal. Deal. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get to it. And this is a, a quote that Pete added to the document that we share that guides us through the show, the Don Draper line from Mad Men. What is happiness? It's the moment before you need more happiness. And that's what Bradley <laughs> that's Cooper right. and the Eagles fans have experienced since 2018, February, when they beat the Patriots somehow. That still is a stunner. I remember going into the stadium because it was an NBC Super Bowl. It was your first one with us, and they've got the – banners and the decorations and the pictures and you've got a big mural of Tom Brady and then you've got Nick Foles and it's like what's wrong with this picture like good lord the poor (laughs) Eagles right how did they get stuck with this yep and that just made it even more amazing it was amazing were able to find a way to beat the Patriots and Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator not Frank Reich David Tepper Frank Reich was the coordinator of the Eagles in that game and that propelled the start of his coaching career and then he ends up in this crazy scenario, as we said yesterday, where Andrew Luck retires just as it looks like the Colts are ready to contend for a Super Bowl, and he gets thrown into this tizzy that ultimately resulted in him being fired on Monday, the second time during two football seasons. And by the way, before we move on to what we're supposed to be talking about, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but I wrote something about the whole Frank Reich mispronunciation. Yeah. And he did it twice. It right. wasn't just once. Right. He did it twice. So he's either got a mental block that causes him to inadvertently mispronounce it, or he's doing it on purpose. And I wrote the story about it. And it's so funny because, like, I was, like, are we, and I raised this question on Tuesday night as we were getting ready to do Wednesday show. Like, is it too petty to point out this guy being petty enough to mispronounce? the name of the coach he just fired, and we decided, no, I mean, this is ridiculous. No one calls him Reich. It's ridiculous. 
that he would say his name wrong twice in the press conference the day after he fired him. And somebody with intimate knowledge of the dynamics of the organization reached out to me and said, you're exactly right. This is how he puts people in their place. So that is the rest of the story. It wasn't a boating accident. It wasn't inadvertent. He doesn't have some sort of mental thing that causes him to say Reich, not Reich, whenever he sees the letters R-E-I-C-H. He did it on purpose to put Frank Reich in his place. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we thought it was, you know, one of two things, nervousness or a power play. And, you know, the more you think about it, it, you know, a guy that smart, that intelligent, it's hard to think that, you know, he didn't know how to say the name of the guy that he's probably paying more than anybody in his life right now and is the head coach of his little toy, the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, not a good look for David Tepper. Definitely a low blow. Uh, maybe he'll address it at some point. He probably should, honestly, because it's uh, – Probably not. He's he won't. Na- you don't think he so? Won't. Well, he's, he won't. Yeah, he's getting dragged he a won't. little bit for, for it, that's for sure. The, the, and, and, look, I don't know this to be accurate. I'm just passing along the information that was shared with me by one of my other writers because we were discussing this on our text chain where we keep in touch all day long yesterday. Apparently, at some point, Tepper said that if he gets bad service at a restaurant, he'll just buy the restaurant so he can fire the person who provided the bad service. And I said, if he wants to buy PFT – I'll quote him a price, baby. (laughs) If he he wants to buy the operation and fire me, let's go. Let's go. I'm I'm ready to give you a number, David, if you're sufficiently upset with me that you want to get rid of me. And then I made sure he doesn't have enough money to buy Comcast. I don't think he can buy Comcast and fire me from the NBC side of it. So he'd have to buy PFT, which would be considerably cheaper. But I would be ready to name him a price. And this was... This was, and then he can, he can call me whatever he wants to call me, Pete. He could call me what if he if if he would say yes to my price, and I clock out for good. He could call me whatever he wants to call me. And this was a response to one of our tweets yesterday, Ron Swanson, the Ron Swanson School of Management. When people get too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know I don't really care about them. <laughs> All right. Oh boy, what a what a we're fifteen minutes in and. We haven't talked about anything yet. We were supposed got a good to one tonight. Bradley Cooper got a good one. You can't you can't get on Amazon or anything or start your Doctor Doom, you know, speech on the game tonight. You got a good one, so give it what some. Yeah. We do, yeah, we do, yeah. The Cowboys are favored by nine and a half points. Okay, so what? We got a desperate Seahawks team. It's got a lot of stars across the board. It's desperate time for Seattle. So that's what I do like. Desperation usually means good football, and maybe some results that we don't expect. So I think that's where it's good. That, that's where I like the matchup. Ooh, you're going to pick the Seahawks to win? Is that what you're saying? I'm not you sure about that. For I'm, the not sure about that. Okay. I'm not sure about right. that. But there's some you're just I saying like. it. It adds, it adds drama. Yes. It adds intrigue. Although, hey, three days ago we saw a team 6-5 and five that was trying to avoid falling to 6-6, six and six, and they sure didn't play with the kind of urgency that you're implying the Seahawks are going to display tonight. No, well, yeah, I, I, you're right. They did, they did not, but we'll, we'll see. This is, you know, this is not a, a journeyman quarterback that they got. There's a little culture there in Seattle. They, you know, playoff football team last year. They don't have any significant injuries like your Vikings team does, so there's a little difference there. They're a little banged up, sure, but – yeah, these are big moments for Seattle. I mean, Seattle is 
Seattle's underwhelming, really, right? Since the start of the season, it's just like, how good is the Seattle Seahawks? I think that's where you start. We know Dallas is legit, right? I think you and I both agree. I mean, Dallas, definitely third best team in the NFC, definitely a top five team in football or right around that. So we'll, and we'll discuss them in a minute, but Seattle is the team that's like the conundrum right now of football, you know, whatever side you want to talk about here, but you talk about the talent they have in their football team. We've hit on it, right? The skill guys, you know, they got good tight end play. They got two good running backs. It's a shame they got two good running backs and they got an O-line that's just not very good. It doesn't run block good. It doesn't pass protect good. Geno hasn't been as good as he was last year. You know, the defense, you flip it over there, they got an all-star secondary to a degree, right? But they're still letting up yards. They got a pretty good front seven, a front seven that go, well, they shouldn't be getting gashed the way they get gashed right now. So that's where it's hard to to find Seattle. And it's just like, Mike, I go, how good is Seattle? I don't know. You know, I think they fooled us a little bit with that early season Detroit win in Detroit where the Lions turned the and ball over. And the Giants over. Monday night game. And Yeah, you're right. And I think those two moments kind of made us think, okay, maybe they're a little bit better than they are. But, you know, since then, they haven't beat a team that we would look at as one of the upper-tier teams in football. They've been kind of feasting on the poor, as I like to say. And I think that's the big question tonight is, can they turn this around here in the next five or six weeks to look like a legit playoff team that could actually maybe beat somebody in a wild-card round? Is that a Greenwich saying, feasting on the poor? I have a feeling that's a Greenwich. It's really not. I just, I, I think I've always kind of said it. It's not a, it's not a Greenwich right. saying. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you've always been rich. You've always been rich. <laughs> always. Been I so figured that's spoonish. something rich people would say, feasting on the poor. All right. Um, so, you know, I do a, I do a radio thing every Wednesday on KJR in Seattle, and they're just resigned to the fact that the gap between the Seahawks and the 49ers is actually growing because they're dismayed that they were beaten so badly last Thursday night on NBC and Peacock by the 49ers. And I said, look, when the 49ers are fully healthy, they're going to do what they did to the Seahawks to pretty much everybody. It's not, it's not a reflection on the Seahawks that the 49ers are the best team in football when they're healthy. So, yeah, you're assigned to that division. You're kind of stuck with this life cycle of talent and coaching and everything they have going for them for as long as it lasts. But yeah kind of hard to close the gap with a team that is that good and if that's how you're judging yourself if that's your measuring stick you are going to be depressed because yeah. look when the 49ers had their three-game losing streak when they weren't healthy right uh, the Seahawks took over first place in the division and I, I think look I, I remember kind of thinking wistfully when we thought the Seahawks were better than they were. Hey, they're really going to separate. They're going to have a chance to show that maybe they're the best team in the conference in this 49ers-Cowboys, 49ers-Eagles four-pack of games. And now I look at it and say they're probably going to lose all four of them. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I, I, I think it's, it's scary or, you know, it, it's definitely a, a flip of the coin right now to, to know what you're going to get or expect from the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I think what you, know, what you say about the 49ers and what they're dealing with, Right, they've de- they've had a deal with some good teams in their division. The Rams won the Super Bowl, you know, just two years ago, of course. And we know the 49ers have been in the mix for you know the last four years. And I think the weird thing to me with the Seattle, and especially after the fact that you know we we saw them almost have a mini dynasty early on in the 2010s and and get to two Super Bowls in a row there, where it was all predicated on. You know, a, a dominant offensive line overpowering you and a dominant defensive line, a lot like the 49ers. And that's where the Seahawks can't match up with the NFL elite right now. That's the problem, 
right? I mean, you know, the, 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 on, on offense, they can't run the ball. All right, so then they're resigned to throwing the ball too much. They're not throwing the ball that great. Their offense isn't that creative that the pass game can just carry it by itself. You know, the O-line's not great at pass protecting. Uh, they do have Abraham Lucas, I think, coming back at right tackle, so that's going to be a big deal for them. Uh, that helps. But, you know, then on top of that, you, you talk about those problems. All right, they're bad on third down. They're one of the worst in football. They're bad in the red zone, right? That filters over to their defensive side of the ball. You're bad on third down. You're, that mean, usually means you're bad at time of possession, which they're bad at as well. Now their defense is on the field. So it hasn't been like a cohesive team feeds off team type of formula this year from Seattle. It's like a, a collection of plays on both sides of the ball. It's, it's, Hey, they drive the ball to the third through the thirties. They can't, they kick a field goal. They can't score. And then all of a sudden they might hit a deep touchdown from 40 yards out, but it's kind of just all over the place. That way you never feel like they can sustain drives and be consistent and score points, you know, drive after drive. And that's kind of been the problem that's plagued them all year on the offensive side of the ball, at least. You mentioned Lucas, he is back, but there are plenty of injuries for the Seattle Seahawks. Kenneth Walker, the second, who has the potential to be one of the oh, running backs in the game. No doubt. Can't stay healthy. Right. He's got an oblique injury. He is doubtful. There's the rest of the notable injuries for tonight, and they're all Seahawk logos except for Peyton Hendershot. Cowboys tight end is questionable with an ankle. The good news, though, for the Seahawks, remember there was that triceps injury suffered by Geno Smith the Sunday before the Thanksgiving night game when they got swept by the Rams. There was a question whether or not he was going to be able to play. He was questionable, and he played. Pete Carroll has addressed Geno's health this week versus last week. Here is what Pete Carroll had to say. Oh, it was it was different night and day. Night and day. I mean, he's, he's out there running practice and, and putting on a show for us as he does every week with throwing the football over the place, and he did that exactly. He was full go the whole time, and that was not the case in the end. So, you know, we want to make a big deal about it, but, you know, it's pretty obvious, you know, there's a big difference. You know, and it's funny because, yeah, we knew in the run-up to the game that he was injured. There were no shenanigans with the injury report, as possibly happened one Thursday earlier. But after the game, everybody was like, oh, he was fine. He was fine. He was fine. It wasn't an issue. Well, of course it was an issue. Of course it was an issue. And I get it that you don't want to use injuries as an excuse. You don't want to get into that habit. There are no excuses. We just didn't execute. We didn't get it done. But they seem to be optimistic, Chris, that we're going to see a better version of Geno Smith this week. And, hey, we mentioned this from time to time. Even though the reporting that happened at the time the deal was done told us all it was three years, 100-plus million, it's one year, 28. Yeah. And they can tear it up and walk away. Just right. like the Raiders did with Derek Carr after one year of his contract. Tear it up and walk away and move on to another option at quarterback, whoever that might be. And I don't know that there's a playoff mandate, officially or unofficially, or what it's going to take for the Seahawks to maybe go in a different direction. And a lot of it depends upon what they think their options are. But, Chris, right now? Yeah. He's up against it definitely to prove that he belongs there next year as the starter. And tonight's game, I think, is going to be a big data point when they get to the end of the season and figure out what the right thing for the organization might be. Yeah, I think this whole stretch is a big data point for him, right? I mean, to, to see where, 
And it hasn't been as good as last year. He hasn't thrown the ball as well as last year. He hasn't taken care of the ball as well as last year. Those are all problems, right? So we know Pete Carroll doesn't, doesn't like that, a defensive head coach. I think you, you, this stretch here is going to be a little bit of a, 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 a telltale sign of, wait, do we have the type of quarterback that can help us beat, you know, the NFC elite, right? That's what we're seeing. Now, he gets the benefit of the doubt last week because we know the 49ers are awesome. And, yeah, Geno wasn't 100%, right? But, yeah, this is, I think, a part of the uh, the test or whatever you want to call it of the Seattle Seahawks evaluating him to f- figure out whether he is the guy for next year. As it stands right now, yeah, it's thin ice, I think, for Geno Smith and that and being back for next year and collecting another $28 million check, right? But we'll see how it goes tonight. Tonight, maybe they can get it started. Right, they, they, well, Like we talked about, they haven't beaten very many quality teams. The Lions are really the most quality win they got on the schedule. Dallas, we know, talent, you know, their defense comes after you. That worries me for Geno Smith and that Seattle Seahawks offensive line. We just talked about it. it's not that, that good. You saw the guard, Phil Haynes, he's out. That's a little bit of an issue. Their interior part of their O-line is not good to begin with. Now they got that to deal with. And you got Dallas with all those crazy mofos. And the craziest mofo of all, number 11, going to be all over him all night, Micah Parsons. Well, I will give them the – where I do give them a, you know, a little bit of a shining light or a, you know, a, a what do they call it, a, a, a fighter's chance, a boxer's chance, whatever, is that Dallas is so super aggressive on defense at times, as we know, it could lend itself to, hey – we know they got some freaks on the outside in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Lockett and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba to where if they roll the dice too much trying to pressure Geno and, and really smother them that way, they could leave themselves in some, some compromised positions for you know, covering Seattle. And you add that to Seattle's desperation where I think they got to be looking, hey, we got to figure out how to make some big plays and maybe let it loose a little bit. I think that's where the game could be dangerous for Dallas on a Thursday night. You know, as you were discussing Geno Smith and the issue with turnovers, and we know how Pete Carroll feels about that, and we know what kind of offense he wants to run, I just allowed myself to ponder some of the names that might be available if they don't go the young quarterback route. And, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to be free and clear. And I allowed myself to ponder for a second or two what that might look like if he were to go to Seattle, where he'd be in the same division as the 49ers and face them twice a year. And we saw what he did to the 49ers on that Monday night several weeks ago. And I'm sure Pete Carroll saw it too. And this is one of the realities of having the kind of flexibility the Seahawks are have. All bets are off after the season. They can go whatever direction they want. And yep. we know Cousins is going to be available. Some of these other veteran quarterbacks, we don't know. We don't know what the Bears are going to do with Justin Fields. We don't know what the Cardinals might do with Kyler Murray. Not that they would trade him to the, to the Seahawks. but And I'm not sure that he would fit with what Pete Carroll wants to do. But Cousins is out there free and clear and able to plug right in with those freaky receivers, with that defense that is better than many, if not any, that Kirk Cousins has had. It's just something to keep an eye on. Now, the Cowboys had questions coming into the season about their franchise quarterback. They've got a huge cap number next year, nearly $60 million for Dak Prescott. And I think you and I both agreed, along with many others, it was time for Dak Prescott. If he wants to parlay that into another high-end contract, he needs to play like a high-end quarterback. This year, he is. Here's Jerry Jones from one of his many appearances on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, answering the question of whether this is the best he has seen Dak Prescott play. 
really I can definitively say this is the best I've seen him play. Uh, I think that I would give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit here because what they've done is really installed. Mike has done a great job of of coaching the uh, coaching how important it is that they get the fundamentals down of, of what we're trying to do offensively, what we're trying to do, believe in it, keep working on it. It'll come. And uh, so uh, they've stayed consistent with the changes and what he's trying to do offensively. That's paying off. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Now, there's a general rule of thumb out there that I'm sure Jerry Jones is well accustomed to when you're facing a negotiation with a player. Don't be over the top in your praise of the player because <laughs> he seems those to words break that get a lot. Printed out <laughs> and laminated and handed to you at the bargaining table when it's time to meet with the player's agent. But they are already screwed. They're, I think it's. Look, it's obviously something that makes him happy because he wants his team to do well and he wants to win a Super Bowl, yada, yada, still searching for the whole of glory. But, but, (laughs) but it also makes it easier for him to do what he's going to have to do anyway. He's stuck with Dak Prescott's contract. And so when you're stuck with that contract and you're going to have to turn it into some massive top-of-the-market deal in order to shrink the $59.4 million cap hit, if he's playing well, that makes it a hell of a lot easier to do what you have to do anyway. So that's where I think Jerry Jones' greatest happiness, i.e. the moment before he needs more happiness, that is where I think he's most happy about what Dak's doing because they are over the barrel And when they write the next giant check and commit to the next big contract, it's going to be easier to justify because we're not giving it to a middle-of-the-pack guy. We're giving it to a guy who's in the MVP conversation. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. And, and, you know, he's – last year was the only year of his career that I really look at to go, that was a middle-of-the-pack performance by Dak Prescott. He's always been a 
top 10 quarterback, really, for the most part, you know, almost since the instant he got into the NFL. Rookie year, okay, they managed him. They ran the ball. Ezekiel Elliott was phenomenal. But, you know, there's a lot to like about Dak Prescott. There is. You know, is he a is he a superstar? Can he take over the game in a backyard element like we know some of the great ones in the sport can right now? I'm not sure to that capacity. That's not the way he plays. But but at the same time, you know, as far as standing in the pocket, making the right read, you know, standing in the pocket, making the pockets collapse, and making aggressive big throws down the field, and and being accurate with it, time after time after time, one of the best downfield throwers in the sport, really, ever since he's got into the NFL. That's where I like Dak Prescott. And then he makes a few moves outside the pocket every now and then, and you can call some quarterback design runs with him because he's he's a big sucker. That's for sure. I think Jerry Jones, is a, they're elated. They're happy as hell, Dak Prescott, for all the reasons you talked about with how he's playing, right? They know they're stuck in a tough spot, and especially if he plays like this, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing they can do. He's coming back. I think what they're hoping is maybe if we kiss his ass enough and he plays well enough, he won't hold us over the barrel too much, and he'll start to go, hey, I made a lot of money. Let's see if we can get a few more players in here to win some Super Bowls so we can get some glory hole going in here because, you know, we know Jerry likes some glory hole, right? So that's where he, he I think they're kind of hoping right now, and that's the trajectory that's going on. But, uh, you know, how could you not like Dak Prescott? His ability to handle the – Oh, if they play bad, he's trash because he's the Dallas Dallas Cowboys quarterback. If they play good, he gets propped up to such a level sometimes it's not realistic either. And he handles it, you know, with unbelievable maturity, grace, professionalism. You say it, Dak Prescott does it. You know, he is the guy you want to lead your offense and be in front of the podium. He has so many positives about him. I have great respect for Dak Prescott, and he is playing some awesome football right now. And by the way, for those of you who might be new to the NFL, new to this program, and are alarmed by the use of the term glory hole by Chris <laughs> Sims, it is a reference you brought it up to first. a comment that Jerry Jones made. I tried to be tactful about it. Jerry Jones made it in a press conference prior to the 2012 season where he said, and I'm kind of quoting, not 100% accurately, but he said, I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. Now, having said that, I want me some glory hole. That's news After to that, me. His spokesman at the time, Rich Dalrymple, said glory hole is a term commonly used in the oil and gas exploration industry where Jerry has made most of his money. And Jerry said that that's news to me. <laughs> and I say all of that just so that I can justify offering up this twist on the Don Draper line from earlier in the program. Glory hole is the moment before you want more glory hole. That would be the Jerry Jones. That would be the Jerry Jones happiness angle. All right. So anyway, we continue to discuss the game tonight. Um, hey, the Cowboys. How? So here, like for yeah, as well as they've played this year, thirteen straight wins at home. Right. And they dismantle people. They blow people out. They embarrass it's people. Amazing. They got dust up Del Rio fired last week. Right. But even though that was probably overdue, but but they're still the five seed. They can't catch the Eagles. And I think that. The Cowboys, Chris, you talked about the desperation the Seahawks are going to yeah. be feeling tonight. Yeah. The Cowboys are going to be feeling pedal to the metal because they play tonight and then they get to sit back and watch the Eagles potentially lose to the 49ers, narrowing the gap to the point where the Cowboys could catch them next Sunday night 
on NBC and Peacock. Philadelphia at Dallas. Yeah. That lines up perfectly. Cowboy win tonight. Eagles lost Sunday. Next Thursday night, must-see TV on NBC when the Eagles visit the Cowboys. And, look, I don't need to say that to hype the game up. I don't need to say that to get my paycheck. It's the truth. Yeah, it is. It is the truth. Uh, they're, they're a highly motivated football team. I don't think there's any question about that. They haven't hid that. They, I mean, they, they want to be the kings of the NFC. They realize that the 49ers and Eagles got their number. Right? They got a lot of things on their football team that are awesome. The one thing they haven't been able to match up with is the size of those two teams. That's really been the problem with them. Their defensive line versus the size of that Eagles O-line and 49ers O-line has been a problem. Shouldn't be a problem tonight. And Dallas, like you said, I mean, leading the league right in uh, overall net points. Right, They're third in overall net touchdowns. You know, so they're they're up there with the elite in a lot of categories, offensively and defensively. You know, they're they're a awesome football team. It's just how awesome is the question. A little bit like we talked about with Seattle, right? You know, Dallas Dallas really doesn't have a marquee whoa, they beat that team and type of win the whole year. They don't have one of them, right? Uh, so that's that's the other thing too. We know Dallas is good. I'm not doubting that. But it's just how good. That's what I'm not quite sure about. You know, it was an underwhelming performance, we know, against the San Francisco 49ers earlier in the year. The Eagles game, hey, they did a lot of things and and maybe outplayed the Eagles in a lot of ways. But as we know, it's, it's you might outplay the Eagles, but you're not going to outscore them and win the game. They're phenomenal that way. And in the big moments, just like we saw last week, the Eagles won the big moments against the Dallas Cowboys. So I think it's fair, too, to see where they're at as far as what we're talking about. And you're right. I think the, there is a little bit of desperation from Dallas because of the pressure the owner has on them, the leadership they have on their team with Michael Parsons and Dak Prescott. They openly talk about how they want to be the best and be in the Super Bowl and get there. And, and you know, tonight is the first step into them kind of showing us all what they got and seeing if they can't start tip the scales their way uh, in, in, as far as the Eagles matchup coming in, coming in two weeks. None of the teams the Cowboys have beaten this year currently have a winning record. And when you look at that schedule, the Cowboys ultimately may rue the day that they lost to the Cardinals back in week three, 28-16. One of only two wins on the season by Arizona. And the only loss that doesn't fit this profile. They should have beaten the Cardinals. They didn't. They have lost to the 49ers handily. And then, as you said, they outplayed but did not outscore the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Cowboys don't have the number one seed, they can only blame themselves for as great as they've been. And that's the thing. You can be a team that has the potential to be dominant, but you can't slip up because if you slip up, you don't get to bring your opponents in the postseason to the place where you are the most capable of being dominant. Definitely. And for them, Definitely. home field advantage means everything and they may have to hit the road they may have to start in atlanta or new orleans and do it the hard way and only get a home game if the sixth seed or the seventh seed start pulling some upsets right and they'd be hosting the championship game if they even get there and we know they haven't been there since 1995 so that's what's got to be just so frustrating you build an elite team but man your margin for error is still so thin to set the table to have a favorable scenario 
to get yourself to where you're trying to go. Yeah, it's uh, you know they're 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 in a juggernaut as far as they got two teams in front of them in the NFC that are damn special. Uh, and we know the AFC's got a lot of good teams, but I'm not sure any team in the AFC is well orchestrated as the 49ers and the Eagles. So yeah, they got to deal with that. They do. And to your point too, with how important this is, and you've already alluded this to a, to a degree, and we know this, and you know you brought up Jason Garrett saying it before. The biggest thing about them, and the and the, is the surface, the surface they play on, and that's where it stinks. If you you're one of the lower seeds behind Philadelphia or the 49ers, because then that game goes to the grass field. The grass field slows down Dallas. The grass field favors the bigger team usually. That's the 49ers and the Eagles, and that's why Dallas has issues with them. And that's why, to your point, the home field advantage is so important because once you get inside on that carpet, their speed goes to another degree. It's like I kind of like back in the old days where you know you wanted to play the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning and Dwight Freeney and all those fast dudes, Bob Sanders, and you want to play them on grass because if you went to the RCA Dome and you had to play on the artificial turf or the field turf, like get the hell out of here. They were so fast. It was like, is there 20 of them out here? Holy crap, there's like 20 Tasmanian Devils. And that's kind of the way Dallas is, you know, and that's where, you know, this home stretch here and some of these teams they got to play here down the stretch, we're going to get a real good feel for how exactly good Dallas is and can they overcome, you know, things like we talk about, playing on a grass field, weather, stuff like that. It's an amazing dichotomy. The players, anyone you talk to, and recently Javon Holland, the Dolphins safety, told me, in detail and I asked him explain the difference how your body feels the day after playing on grass versus the day after playing on turf and it was very good the stories at PFT if you want to see it the the videos out there as well but teams some teams yeah are better on that surface with an owner who refuses to put grass in his stadium unless that's what it takes to host the world cup final that that's the, like, hey, it's good for certain teams, even though the individual players would just as soon be able to get out of bed the next morning without a bunch of aches and pains from their joints just throbbing from all the force going straight back up into their body because there's no give on that thing that allows them collectively to be faster. It's another reason why the owners who have turf, who have a team built for turf, they're never going to switch voluntarily. It's cheaper and it allows me to build a team that has an advantage when I'm playing at home. And the Cowboys definitely do. And we'll see it tonight. Seahawks, Cowboys. I agree with you. I Look, of all the, this is one that stood out yeah, all year. that's right. It stinks that the Seahawks have tailed off. But still, like you said, they're desperate. There's an extra element to it. It's post-Thanksgiving. And we're getting toward the point of the schedule where you take whatever you can get. Because before too long, we're all going to be seeing where's our Thursday night football. Yeah. So enjoy yeah. whatever there is that Amazon and the NFL are offering. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the, the, the Seahawks got to hang on here. They lost both times to the Rams. The Rams are only a half game back. You know, they're out of the playoffs. They lose tonight and the Rams win this weekend. You know, Green Bay is breathing down their neck now. They've come back to the pack. This is a big football game. 
You know, and Mike, to your point too, with the grass and the turf thing, because I know we got to go to a break here at some moment, right? But like, I know that's going to be an excuse a little bit, like what you're talking about the surface. My team is, you know, conducive to the field, the astroturf and the artificial stuff, all that way, right? Where, I, I, you know, that's kind of a cop out, right? I played on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were that type of team. They won a Super Bowl, fast defense, smaller, smaller team, right? You know, you're in a place like Dallas. They can make that grass like it's like it's an artificial surface, like it's a like it's a a, a golf course where you, it'll play so fast. So you know, I don't want to hear some of this bullcrap excuses from these owners when the time comes with that 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 type of uh, subject. There, you know, they, they can make it point. Hey, the, the 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 Dolphins. Look at what they're doing. Are they kind of fast team? They're kind of fast, right? I mean, only the yeah. fastest team we've yeah, seen yeah. in the last twenty years, yeah. right? They're great. They're and grass. it does look like they're playing. On a green, exactly. It looks like they're playing on a golf. Exactly. Green. So places like Dallas, Miami, Tampa, whatever. You know, as long as you're not having a concert seven days a week there, yeah, you can make that grass as fast as hell, every bit as fast as the artificial stuff. And just to prove that line item, where you've got the tray that slides out, so you can keep the grass pristine while you have all of your concerts, your boxing matches. WrestleMania, whatever else it is that you want to put in that stadium to make your money. We're not saying that you shouldn't be able to make money using the stadium, but what we're saying is you should have spent the money necessary to have the best possible surface for your players in whom you've made a major investment. And I'm still waiting for one current player to say, I prefer playing on artificial surfaces than playing on grass. I have yet to find one current player that will say it, and I keep looking. All you got to do – and. Anybody that feels that way, they got Twitter accounts. Boom, boom, boom. I, I, hey, you know what? Actually, I do prefer playing on, on turf to grass. No one said it, and I don't think anyone ever will. All right, let's take a break. The Eagles, we discussed them. They've got the 49ers this weekend. And their signature play, the brotherly shove, the tush push. Yeah. Whatever other name they might come up with. It's causing a little controversy, and we're going to discuss Yeah, a little more, a little more controversy. We're going to discuss that next on PFM Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.